Well, good evening. Lord bless you and keep you. And and uh, as I as I you know, tell people, I said, uh, like I, I look behind Richard here, and I say, Richard, look behind you. Oh, what do you see? Goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. Amen. Goodness and mercy is following you all the days of your life. And God is so good. He just, uh, he just takes care of us and follows us. And wow, it's just amazing. Just amazing. So uh, I'm going to take my hat off. I hope I don't blind you with the uh, reflection. Are we okay? Ooh, just, just that light going out there. And uh, actually, the hat helps me because of the lights up there. What do you think? Hmm. I'm making a decision here. Let's see, make a decision. Oh, I'll leave it off because we're in the house of the Lord and I'm not Jewish. <laughs> oh, if I was Jewish, we would, uh, we would wear that. What do you call it as a Jew? What is it? Oh, could you have one of those? Okay. Well, if I could borrow it and wear it. Huh? <laughs> oh, praise God. Well, God is good and he's a stronghold in the day of trouble. We just thank him for his goodness and his mercy, and, and just keep praying for Pastor Terry and Pastor Gary. Keep praying for them, and that's what I was doing today, and, and uh, I believe that uh, the last time I heard, uh, her mother was in a coma, and uh, that's the last thing I heard, so we're just going to trust God, and uh, if she's home, she's going to be with the angels of the Lord, and and uh, it's going to be just a mighty, mighty thing. And we could just rejoice in that. I know it's difficult to lose somebody. It really is. Those of you that lost a mother or a father or, or a sibling or something, it just really goes through. But God is good. And he just gives us that strength to keep on going on and going on. And I used to use it at work. You know, we just keep on trucking, don't we? <laughs> and we just keep on going on. So, so God is good. And so let me just pray right now. Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that we could stand in your presence, in your presence, and just sit here. We ask you, Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We welcome you to come into this place and just be here. We welcome you, and we just give you honor and glory, Jesus, for everything that you have done and given to us, and we are going to stand in that gap and pray for others and be that, be that servant of the Lord that will do your will. And we thank you for everybody that's here tonight. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. Well, uh, in the notes tonight, I, uh, I was, oh, a couple months ago, I was sitting in my study at home. We have a, we have a study, and I was sitting there and working on a lesson, and, and the Holy Spirit said, uh, Nolan, are you eating my bread? <laughs> and I'm thinking, yeah, the bread. And uh, Pat was in the other right next to us, and I, the bread, the bread of life. And I opened up the Bible, and I looked at the bread of life, and I said, Lord, give me some understanding. I really want to understand how I could eat this bread of life. And so I put this together, and I just wanted to share this with you tonight and uh, participate. And if I ask you and I say, well, let's read the scriptures together, read it together. If you all have notes, I think you have scriptures on the notes, I would say pull those notes up, and if you need glasses, I'll share my glasses with you. <laughs> if you have glasses, we're all good. But uh, we just read those scriptures together, and that's just that's just what uh, I that's uh, been a part of me. That we just we're family, and so but family, what do they do? We share things together. So uh, we're going to eat the living bread of life and live eternally. The living bread of life and live eternally. And I just thank God for His living bread. Now I brought some bread in this evening. And it's uh, Italian sourdough. Now, now, how does that sound, Italian sourdough? I'm thinking, oh, uh, I was thinking of taking a bite. And I said, no, I better not. <laughs> oh, I better not, yeah. But this is the physical bread. This is bread for lunch and dinner. And uh, we don't eat bread generally in the morning unless you have pancakes. You eat bread, but... God is good. So this is the this is physical bread. So we're going to we're going to uh, tonight get in and get some of this spiritual bread. And so let's uh, let's I'm going to read and turn to uh, as your notes John six forty seven and I'm going to go and start. And uh, I'd like to have us read this together. 
I'd like to have us read this together. Can you do this? Are you ready? John 6, 47 through 56. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which comes down from heaven, the one that may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I gave for the life of the world. The Jews therefore quarreled. They growled and quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Then Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up in that last day. For my flesh is what? What is it? Food? Say that again. My flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink. And he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me, and I in him. Praise God. So we're going to eat some living bread tonight. And uh, you are here, and we're just going to eat this together. And uh, I just like that. I, he said, I am the living bread, the living bread. And uh, so we're going to take a bite at a time tonight. So make sure when you read it daily, take a bite at a time. I do this, mm, chew it and get it down inside and, and then hope it stays there. And uh, so we see that. So tonight we're going to be taking on the word of God, which is in his covenant, and his promises are everlasting life. You're going to live eternally, each one of you in this room. You are all believers in Christ, and we're going to be in heaven together. When I go to be to heaven, I'm, old, I'm the oldest guy here, and uh, so I'm going to probably go first. And uh, who knows? We, none of us know, but, I, but one of us will be there, and then uh, I'll say, hi, <laughs> hi, <laughs> and we'll just rejoice, and we see those people coming in, and I'm going to tell you a little story later on about uh, my grandmother, but uh, God's ability, this first one here, God's ability to restore life, Psalms 126, 3 through 6, this is the new living, and you could read this with me, just speak it out, yes, The Lord has done amazing things for us. What joy! Restore our fortunes, Lord, as streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears will harvest with what? Shouts of joy. Oh, amen. They weep as they go to plant their seed, but they sing as they return with the harvest. They sing, so they sing as they return. And this psalm was uh, believed to have been written by some of the captives that returned from Babylon. They returned from Babylon, and they, re- they wrote this, this psalm. And uh, they were singing. They were singing. And uh, I-, I was thinking about this. And uh, so we don't normally sing on Sunday night, do we? Would you like to sing in the key of G? You know what the key of G is? The key of G is one sharp. How many are sharp here tonight? We're sharp in the Lord. Amen. We're sharp in the Lord. The key of G is also God. Good. His key is good. So we're listening in the key of G, and I'd like to say, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. Can we sing that together? Thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. 
Amen. Thank you, Lord, for doing that. And so we see that and in your notes, my notes or your notes, number one, human sinfulness often ruins God's ideal on earth, human sin. And, uh, but it doesn't mean that God lost control. We see the sin in this world today, but God hasn't lost control. God's ability to restore beyond natural understanding. Why? Because he is supernatural. We have a supernatural God that will come down and restore so as I see things going on in this world and we live and, and uh, the last couple of years and what's been going on, it may even go way back, you know, uh, let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. And so we're just going to cast all our cares on the Lord and give it to him. And I was thinking about what happened, if, uh, was it last year, a few years ago, Northern California, those fires up there? Those forests were burning, 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 burning. And uh, as they burn down, what happens? They grow back. And I was watching something, and I, this man took a, a torch and burnt this wood. And they were building a house, and they were burning the outside of the wood, and then they put it on the house. Why do they do that? I'm not a carpenter. But he said, what happens is when they put this wood up that's already been burnt, he said, if a fire comes, it's not going to go in and burn it. It's a protection. I'm going, oh, it's a protection for the, uh, for the house. So we see that, and then we see broken bones that are healed. Does anybody have a broken bone? Has they ever had a broken bone? Have you ever had a broken bone? Izzy has? Okay. Anybody else? A broken bone? Sandra, a broken bone? Okay. I haven't had any broken bones. I've got enough scrapes and everything else. Now, is that broken bone healed? Healed? Amen. He heals broken bones. And also, he heals our grief. We have grief and we go into those conditions. Grief is not permanent. Let me say that. Grief is not permanent. So as we go through these things, our tears, they can be seeds that uh, will grow a harvest. And it grows this harvest of joy is what they're talking about in Psalms. That seed of tears now you're, what you're going through, the Lord sees your tears, and those seed of tears will grow a harvest, and that will bring joy in your life. And so as we do this, we are feeding as we're sowing and we're thinking about the Lord and putting God's word in our heart. We are feeding on God's uh, word, and he's able to bring good out of a tragedy. Tragedy. Tragedy, yeah. Okay. When you are burdened by sorrow, know that your times of grief will end and that you will find joy. Joy. Hmm. I like this. Joy. We must be patient as we wait for the great harvest, for joy is coming. Do you need some joy? Don't raise your hand. <laughs> oh, joy is coming. We have joy now. Why? For the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so he gives us that joy when he goes through these things. And the joy is, of the Lord is our strength. And uh, in Nehemiah eight seventeen, and they were all filled with great joy. They were all filled with that great joy. Thank God for the joy of the Lord. That is one of my favorite scripture verses. The joy of the Lord is my strength. And I could give you... Uh, at my age, I've been through things like you've been through things, but I've been through things, and I can remember back in 1974, we got in a car crash, and uh, whew, it was just a tragic time. I won't go into all the detail because it would take a while. But God brought me out and Pat and our family and protected us. We were in a 68 Thunderbird, and we were hit from the rear, totaled the car. Nobody was hurt. And my daughter, she got out, and she looks, and she says, Ooh, on the bridge, right, going to San Diego, she saw a huge angel up there. Remember that? She saw a huge angel up there. And I thought, wow, the angel of the Lord protected us, protected us. And I went to a hospital, and they went, and two weeks later, I was back to work. But it was just God's good, and he does those things we go through situations, and the joy of the Lord is, is our strength. So 
Let me read this. Oh, in these terrible times and circumstances, Paul said, in all things we are more than conquerors through him. Are you more than a conqueror? If you are, you could raise your hand. You don't have to stand up. <laughs> ah, you're more than a conqueror. Praise God, we are more than a conqueror. And all these things, we are more than a conqueror. So thank God that we could do that. Do you want to be made well? I want to be made well. I want to be kept well. And I want to be well, made well. So in John 5, 5 through 9, and is that on your notes? Let's read that together. Let's just read that together. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? And he looked him in the eye, and the man was thinking. I could just see him thinking. <laughs> what a question to ask. <laughs> Here I am after 38 years. Do you want to be made well? And he looks and says, sir, I have no man to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. But while I am coming out, another comes down before me. And Jesus said to him, rise up, rise up, take your bed and walk. And immediately the man was made well. Ooh, immediately. What do we see there? I see the man's faith in action, his faith. He didn't know who Jesus was. He said, sir, sir. And Jesus said, rise up and be made whole. So let me say this. If you're in the water in a flood and the water is being stirred up, whatever, by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit lives in you and I and these waters, and he's stirring up the waters, we must move out into the presence of God at that moment, at that moment, and he's stirring up these waters. And as I was thinking, and I was, I was about this lesson, and I was thinking about uh, salvation, and that's what the bread of life's all about. The bread of life is about salvation, the presence of the Lord, and we could go on. If you've ever done a study on salvation and expanded what salvation means, okay, all the meaning of salvation, if you haven't, dig into it. It's got a number of meanings. And I was thinking, okay, okay, Lord, the salvation of the Lord. And then I got this thought, Noah. Noah was in a flood. Noah was in a flood. And what was happening? Noah was in a flood, but before that he built the ark. He built the ark. And what did he do? That ark, in a sense, today is like salvation. Jesus built that ark on the cross. He built that, and he, and that ark, that salvation. And so what we have done, each one of us, we have gotten in that ark. And we are in that ark of his covenant, of his safety, of his salvation, and stay in that ark. If your boat's going, and it's moving around, stay in the ark. And uh, if you hear this on the outside, and it's not a friend or a Christian, and it's the enemy, the devil, don't open the door. They were knocking before the flood overtook them. They were knocking on that ark. Boom, boom, boom. Help me. Get me in. Get me in. Get me in. And what happened? Jesus sealed the door. Well, he didn't seal the door of salvation because, and he didn't seal our door. We have a choice, and he's given us that choice to spread the gospel, to be there, be that light. So when the demons or the whatever wants to come in and they're going, don't open that door. But when somebody says, oh, would you pray for me? Yes. I will pray for you and be that light in the world. And I've said this before. I said, you know, if you're in a store and you're shopping and somebody runs into you with a shopping cart, boom, I don't know if that's ever happened, or you bump into somebody, boom, and they go, oh, you say, oh, excuse me. Oh, are you okay? May I pray for you? Get a hold of this. Can I pray for you? Are you Okay. And that person right then, the Holy Spirit, and they take your words and move it in. 
And then you'll be able to pray for that person and be that witness for Jesus. And uh, so, so when those things happen in the world, so oh, I got sidetracked a little bit, but we're okay. Life through Jesus, life through the Son. And uh, John 5, 24 through 25. And we can read this together again. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in me who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from the breath of life most assuredly. I say to you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead will, woo, the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear will live. Those, and that talking about the second coming, the second coming of Christ, they live eternally. The dead will hear, but let me say this, and I just wanted to share this with you. Uh, back in 1954, as maybe before some of you were born, <laughs> and uh, 1954, and I was uh, uh, in school, and my mother was in Southgate with my grandmother. My grandmother lived in Southgate, uh, 8624 San Carlos, Southgate, next to Tweedy, if you all know where Southgate is. <laughs> you know where that is. And she lived there. And uh, in fact, we even spent some time there when my dad was building a house, and we spent some time there. And, and uh, that's where, I'm going to say this. No, I won't say it. I won't say it. We spent some time there. And uh, my grandmother now, in 1954, was 80-some years old. She was laying in her bed. And she, my grandmother's Russian. She never spoke English, ever. So you had to learn Russian to be able to communicate with her. And so my mother was sitting next to her bed, and she was dying. And so when a person dies, my mother was saying, this is my mother was saying, she, her body was turning dark. It was getting real dark because the blood was leaving, and the body was turning dark. And she's laying there, and uh, my mother was sitting in the chair next to her, just you know, hand on her, and just wanted to be with her. And I'm sure she was praying and everything. And this is what happened. My mother's there, and my my grandmother, in Russian, it's babunya, babunya, my babunya. She was laying there, and she had this big pillow, big pillow that she was she would sleep on, and so she's kind of up a little bit, and uh, she was laying there, and she was dying, not saying anything, and then all of a sudden, she turns her head, and she says, Francis, or Russian, it's Fenya, Fenya, do you see them? And then she turns back. And then she says, a couple minutes later, Francis, do you see them? Then she turns back. And my mother said, I don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> and then the third time, my mother was watching her, and she said all the color came back in her body. Everything came back in her body. The blood started flowing. She sat up in bed with the strength of the Lord. She sat up in bed and she said, Francis, Francis, or Fenya, Fenya, don't you see them? They're coming for me. They're coming for me. And what was she saw? She saw the angel of the Lord. And I thought about this. They're coming for me. She recognized somebody that was coming over this path, over this, how you want to translate that, to get her to take her home. And then she laid back and went to be with the Lord. They're coming for me. And that's the way it is. When we get ready to go, we'll see to the other. She was seeing on the other side. She saw on the other side. And, and I thought, wow. And so that's just given me hope all these years, knowing that uh, they're coming for me. They're coming for you. The angel of the Lord and Jesus. And, and uh, I believe that her family or somebody that she knew, because like my mother said, I think she may have recognized somebody. I'm going, <laughs> somebody else is walking <laughs> with the Lord. Wow, that's just amazing. So, so the Lord preserves and prospers his people. And be careful not to waste your life on earth. Be careful not to waste on the, your life. And so I'm going to say this at the end of the age. We're getting near the end of the age. And I think, I don't know who knows how long it's going to be. Uh, I believe there's going to be a mighty outpouring 
And we've heard about this. It's in the Bible. A mighty outpouring of the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, is going around the world. And be that light in the world. Be that light. Let your light just shine for Jesus. And however you, God's called you, he may call you just to smile at somebody, or if they run that shopping cart into you or you run it into them, say, can I pray for you? However it is, be that light in the world and let Jesus just shine through you, okay? And uh, so the Lord will preserve and prosper his people. Be careful not to waste your life on earth. Be careful not to waste your life on earth. And so we're going to look at Psalms 144, 1a, 2 through 4. And I'm going to read it with you now, and you can read it together. Blessed be the Lord, my rock, my loving kindness, and my fortress, my high tower, and my deliverer, my shield, and the one in whom I take refuge, who subdues my people under the Lord. That's King David's people. What is a man that you take knowledge of him? Or the son of man that you might be mindful or you are mindful of him. Man is like a breath in his days and are like a passing shadow. Life is like a passing shadow. Life is short. It is short. And David reminds us that it's like a breath. It's like a breath. And that in our days will be like a passing shadow. And James says, uh, it's like a morning vapor or a fog. It's here a little while, and there it's gone. And that's in James 4.14. He said it's here, and there it's, it's gone. So we all live. And I can look back and say, my goodness, where have all the years gone? And my heart is to serve the Lord. And, and, and you know, those little things that, that oh, I'm not going to call them sins, but little things that maybe I was doing that I shouldn't be doing like buying too much of something. <laughs> oh, Lord, I give it away. Or, oh, all focused on playing tennis. And it was okay, good exercise, but that shouldn't be my focus. My focus needs to be the Lord. And uh, after 40 years of playing tennis, I can show you enough scars in my body that, <laughs> but my focus needs to be on the Lord. And so, after all these years, I'm looking back, and today, Lord, I want to serve you. Serve him with a full heart, and lean not on your own understanding, but be filled with the knowledge of God's will. Be filled with his will. And Pat and I pray in the morning. We get up, and at breakfast time, we pray, say, Father God, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And that's what I pray for each one of us, that his will will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So life is short, and uh, because that, uh, live for God and feast on the bread of life. What is the bread of life? Pat, hold up the bread of life. Do you have the bread? Of, hold it up. That's the bread of life. Take a bite at a time. Can you take a bite at a time? But just leave the pages there when you take a bite. <laughs> Don't be ripping the pages off. Just get that in your body. Take a bite at a time. The Word of God, get it in daily. And we talk about daily journaling, and, and this is so exciting to be able to journal or read or however you do that. Take a bite at a time and just feed on the Word of, of God. And uh, what it'll do, uh, oh, the bread of life will give you the bread. It'll give you fresh bread and put it in your heart. And it'll give you that joy, peace, goodness, and mercy will just fill you up. And the fruit of the Lord, that fruit of the Spirit, will be growing. Pat grows plants. She just brought some tomato plants for somebody tonight. And she's, a, she's a, really a gardener. So she plants those seeds, and she did it in our backyard. I could, she could show you a picture of it. She has it on her phone. And you plant the seeds, and within a month, we're, we're eating lettuce and all those things from the backyard. That's the seed that we plant. Jesus plants that seed in our life, the Word of God, and what happens? It grows out and flourishes, and then we give it away. 
She gives it away. We give that seed away, so we do that. So the best way to enjoy life, I want to enjoy life, don't you? I want to enjoy the rest of the, rest of the years and give God all the glory. Matthew 10, 39, it says, He who finds life will lose it, and he who loves his life for my sake will find it. He who loves his life for my sake will find it. So he who finds his life will lose it. And there's a scripture verse that's found in, uh, in this uh, same thing. It says, like, I'm thinking about it. Lose your life for my sake. He who finds his life will lose it. Lose your life. What life is he talking about? doesn't mean go lay down and die, does it? No, no, no. It loses that flesh life, that self-centered life. Do you see self-centeredness in this world today? I can nod my head. We're not going to go into politics. We want to say, okay, Lord, we want to lose our life and let Jesus' life shine in us. So we do that. Thank you, Jesus. And uh, this is a verse. I wrote it down here. It's a positive verse, and it's also a negative. You find it, you lose it, you lose it, you will find it. And uh, so what happens is the more we love life's rewards, leisure, power, popularity, financial security, the more we discover how empty they really are. You agree with that? Yeah. Yeah. I've, I've experienced that in my life. You try to get, 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 and then we see people getting power, getting this. We see it in our government today. I don't want to go into politics, but it's at the other end. They go home at night. We go home at night. Somebody goes home at night that's trying to do that, and it's a real empty time. It's a real empty time. So be filled with God's will, and uh, so fill yourself up. The best way to enjoy life is to lose our self-centered, greedy grasp on earthly rewards so that we could be free with his bread of life. In doing, we will inherit eternal life, which begins at once we experience the benefit of following Christ. You have received Jesus Christ in your heart. You have received eternal life, that bread of life. So why must you be filled with God? Matthew 14, 35 and 36. A good man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth what? Good things. A good man brings forth good things. An evil man out of the treasures of his heart brings forth evil things. But I say that for every idle word man may speak, speak, they will give account of in the day of judgment. Every idle word. And so what he's saying, I think I believe Jesus reminds us that what we say reveals what's in our heart. I want to go over that again. What we say reveals in our heart. What we say. And now I'm going to just hit this a little bit. I'm not going to complain about Mm, da, 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 da. because if I start complaining it reveals what's in my heart so if I've got something that's not quite growing right I'm going to pray about it I'm going to give it to Jesus I'm not going to complain what happens to a complainer they keep complaining it's in their heart and I looked that up one time and I found it in the New Testament where it says complaining is a sin I'm going, whoa, wait a minute now. That's pretty strong. <laughs> I'm going, that is really strong. But we have to really be careful. And so what kind of words come out of our mouth? That's an indication of what's in our heart. And so what we must do, we must allow the Holy Spirit to fill us with a Christ-like attitude. And as we do this, we fill us with his motives and we keep our heart cleansed. And we fill us with Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, just fill us right now with you. I pray that you will fill us with you, and Lord, we just keep our heart and our minds on you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Fill us with you. Jesus, in my notes here, says, as the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6, Jesus said to him, which is Thomas, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. 
This is the one of the most basic and important messages in the scriptures. How can we know the way of God? Only through Jesus, the way. And we hear him talk about that in the Bible. Are you in the way? I'm in the way. I mean, I'm not going to get and block you. I'm not going to block you in that kind of way. I'm in the way. And uh, when you walk that path in the way, I see this path being just a straight, straight road as it goes out, goes out, goes out. And like my grandmother, she was looking up, and she looked up, and she saw this, I believe, this, the way. And it took her all the way to heaven. And so we're going to walk on that way all the way to heaven. And in, in, in Proverbs, Proverbs, it talks about don't turn to the right or to the left. Mm -mm. And we won't go into all those details because you looked at it for yourself. Don't turn to the right or to the left. Keep walking straight on that way. Left, right, left, right, left, right. And stop for a moment. And when you stop for a moment, you say, well, I've been out there for, whoo, how many days? I'm going to say this. Jesus was out there 40 days in the wilderness. What was he doing? Praying. He was fasting, actually. He didn't eat for 40 days. Now, I don't know, probably none of you in the room have ever fasted 40 days. My mother did once. <laughs> and I said, how did you do that? She fasted 40 days once. And uh, that's a long time to fast. And then Satan came up and goes, hmm, hmm. And then he used a scripture verse. That stone over there, turn that into bread. Jesus says, no, this is natural bread. He says, I am not going to do that, for I am the living bread. And he, I, he said, no. And so when Satan comes in and says, do something, and may knock on the, on the door, don't let him in. And that's what Jesus, Jesus shut the door of his heart and says, no, uh -uh, I'm not going to do that. And so, uh, thank God. So, who? Jesus only. As the way, he is our path to the Father. As the truth, he is the reality of all God's promises. As the life, he joins his divine life to ours, both now and eternally. Jesus is, in truth, the only living way to the Father. The only living way. There's no other way. So a new life in Christ, Romans 6, 5. And I'll read this. It says, For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. In the likeness of his resurrection. And Pat and I were talking about the other day, likeness of his resurrection. You know, and we were talking about, oh, people that die. And how many people, if you go back a thousand years, can you find their bones? Their body, what happens? It's a pile of dust. <laughs> we were formed by the dust of, man, uh, dust of the earth, and God scooped up the dust and started forming you. Hmm, mm, not you, Adam. He started forming Adam. And I thought about this. Can you form Adam out of the dust? How did he do this? Took a pile of mud, clay, whatever, and said, okay, and formed him and got him up, and he stood him up, and I don't know how tall he was. And I thought about this. Wow, here you've got a pile of, of, of dust that's formed out of clay, out of water. Now, think about this, the supernatural ability of God to take a pile of dust, and now you know what's inside your body, all the organs, your brain, all the nerves, all the everything in your body. He put all that in to Adam at the same time. And I believe Adam had a, uh, a mental capacity of 100%. Only Richard has the capacity of, yeah, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> got to talk with somebody. But, but human beings today, our, our, our cognitive level is really uh, very low. Adam, I believe he had 100%. He had, I believe he had a photographic memory. 
and uh, as we say today and all those. So God created him. And then what did he do? He looked at him and he goes, <sighs> one time. He breathed the breath of life into him. And that breath of life came into Adam. And that's that breath of life that's been transmitted to us. And we keep breathing and breathing. And as we keep breathing that breath of life in through the word of God, we keep living on and on. So we've been united with him. So number one in my notes down here says, because we are united with Christ in his death, our evil desires and our bondage to sin died with him. Now united by faith with him in the resurrection life, we have an unbroken fellowship with God and freedom from sin. Freedom from sin. Amen. So why Christ holds the true meaning of life, and that's Colossians 2.10. So you are complete in him who is the head of all principality and power. And I was thinking about this, and I said, well, Lord, I want to maintain that fire that fire that Jesus had in him, I call it a fire, the fire of the Holy Spirit, that power. And uh, to maintain that for Jesus in the last times, we must choose to withdraw from ungodly influences that numb our consequences, our consciences, conscience of sin, and we lose our self-centered life. We have to lose that self-centered life. So I don't want to go into detail because we all live in this world and we have to eat, live, pull out weeds and that, you know, get the car fixed and do all those things. That's not self-centeredness. So we're not gonna we're not gonna go into self-centeredness moves into that area that, uh, huh, I'm better than you are. Get out of my way. <laughs> you knock the shopping cart and the, and the store over. Oh, that's me. Move over. Or they're on the freeway. And somebody comes in front of you and goes, oh, get out of my way. That's a little bit of self-centeredness. Uh, I'm, I'm there first. I'm faster than you. And, and so uh, we have to lose that, and I don't want to get into that. So look around and see people searching for something to give their life a boost. A stranger and a strange, the hard died. hmm. Let me think about this. It's hard to identify that, that inner vacuum that gives most people an uneasy uh, sense of incompleteness. Many people have that incompleteness. You don't, you're full, you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit. But many people have that sense of, I'm not complete. You are complete in God. And don't ever think you're not. God has made you complete. He loves you and he's given you all that. People go home at night that have been self-centered and they go home and, oh, Oh, well, I got to have, oh, oh, there's 10 quarts of vodka there. I'll, t I'll drink those 10 quarts tonight. No, 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 no. That won't give you peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding is from Jesus Christ, and it comes in and guards our, our heart and our mind. Christ fills that vacuum. As Jesus personally is fully divine, so we unite by faith to Jesus and find personal fulfillment in him. You also are complete in him. Let me say that again. You are complete in him. And I just want us just to get that. So you are in union with him and uh, union with Christ, our bread of life. We have that bread. Keep feasting on it. One bite at a day. One bite at a time. However you have to do that. Don't ever put that down and put it in the cupboard and shut it and then put in padlock it. Eat that bread of life and just keep eating it. And as Christians, we do not need to do anything uh, in addition to what Christ has already provided to save us. You are a new person, equipped and satisfied in God. God will guide you. Yes, he will. He will supply your need and just love more freely, and God will energize you. You can say, hmm, can do more often. Say with me, can do. Can do. Okay, say, I can do. I can do. Say with me, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Say that again. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
We can do that. And God will just amaze you. Our Father, He will just amaze you. So life is short no matter how long we live. And uh, James uh, 4, 14 and 15, I, I took some, I didn't write it word for word, but I'm going to read it how I see it. How do you know what your life will be like tomorrow? Well, our faith in God, we know it's going to be good. But how do you know? Or what happens tomorrow for what is your life? It is even a vapor that appears for a little while, for a little time, and then vanishes away. What you ought to say and think and do and say this, if the Lord wills, we shall live and do this or that. And God's will for you and I is he wants to bless you, keep you. He wants goodness and mercy to follow you all the days of your life. And no weapon that's formed against you will prosper. And so if that door starts knocking and the enemy tries to get in, say, no, I rebuke you. I rebuke you. You have that authority. God's given each one of you authority. I rebuke you, Satan or devil or demon or whatever that is, in the name of Jesus. And uh, just kick him out. And he has to go. He has to go. And just send him on his way. So we just thank the Lord for that. Okay. Well, life is short no matter how many years we live. Live for God today and be filled with the bread of life. For Jesus tells us how. It is written that man shall not live by bread alone. You saw the bread over here. Man shall not live by bread alone. That's a physical bread. But every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. I want to live as many years as I can. So I'm going to be feeding on the word of God. Feed on the word of God. Then no matter when your life ends, you will be fulfilled and have fulfilled God's plan. Do you want to fulfill God's plan? Oh, I got my hand up. Let me see your hand. You want to fulfill God's plan? Has God called you into service? You are serving the Lord wherever you're at. You may serve the Lord and help people in, in business. You may help people in finances. You may help people uh, come to their thinking when they're upside down. Wherever you're at, God's called each one of you in this room to serve the body of Christ and serve people. And as you serve people, somebody may come to you, and, and I know Jim back there is in finances, and somebody may come to him and say, whoo, I need some help. And what does he do? Jim goes, okay, let me sit. And he's not trying to, how can I say this, make money for himself. He is, has a heart to help people. He's helping people to take their money and put it where it's supposed to be, and it'll grow. We want the seed that we plant that will grow and grow more seed. And uh, so I, I just thank God, each one of you in this room. I see Sandra over here. I'm going to pick on her a little bit. We do in our class on Thursday morning. I get to pick on her. And uh, she's uh, got a very creative gift. And she's uh, creative as far as writing and putting, putting uh, like, notes. To, uh, what do you call that? It would be called... Uh, uh, Art, artwork, I guess it's art craftiness, and it's, it's a gift to the body of Christ. There's a gift there. There's a gift back with Jim. I see the gifts runner. When we're up here worshiping, what do you see over here? You see Richard, and he is gifting the body of Christ with his music. And if you ever want to know any Hebrew and understand a Hebrew word, see Richard. He'll give you that definition, and, uh, and he'll also give you something that may be written in Hebrew. We all have the gift. I see Dan over here and Arlene. They're gifted, and, and, and I see their kids going on. We raise children, and we've got children next door that are gifted from the parents. The parents, I'm going to say this, have been faithful to the Lord, have served the Lord and stayed there and been that witness and been that example, that light for their children, and their children today are serving the Lord. I am so thankful for that to see that happen. That giftedness that is in you, keep letting your light shine and that bread of life come out. And somebody says, I want a piece of bread. They may say, oh, I'm hungry. Okay. Are you hungry? Oh, yeah, my tummy's hungry. Okay. 
Italian sourdough is good. <laughs> and then you get past that Italian sourdough. But they may have a question or something. Just feed them with that, with that bread of life. So the situation that exists in the world today is your opportunity to let the power of God shine through you. And I encourage each one of you tonight to ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart and mind and show how you should respond with the truth of God's word. You are called, you are anointed for this season right now. Right now, the end of the age. We're at the end of the age. I don't know how many years we have left. I have no idea, but you are at the end of the age. And each one of you in this room are called of God. You are called of God. Just do that. So let's just stand. And, uh, and uh, I just uh, want to do this because I, I just... Uh, I want to just give God the glory and uh, uh, open your mouth and heart, and we're going to say, Amen, 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 Amen. Come on, do it. Amen, 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 Amen. Amen again. Amen. 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 Well, Lord, we just thank you for your word, the bread of life that's gone out. And Father God and Lord Jesus Christ, we and Holy Spirit, we give you all the glory all the glory, and we thank you for that power that you give back to the body of Christ that we could live out as a life for Jesus Christ, that example for you, Lord, that we will go into the world and we will touch lives for you in Jesus' name. And we thank you for that, Jesus. Give you all the glory. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you. Good night, and uh, keep eating that bread.